This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Hello, kia ora koutou. Welcome along to the New Zealand Charity Podcast, the show that helps you to make better contributions to the charitable organisation you serve. I'm your host, Thomas Nabs, as always, and we're really lucky that we're again joined by Gemma Major from Seed Waikato and Philanthropy in New Zealand and all around GBs in the Waikato here. Gemma, we're going to hook straight back into it. Look, let's jump to some... So you said that's one of your biggest lessons. Is, mm. uh, I'd summarise it as macro patience, micro mm. impatience. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just really checking in. How am I feeling? Yep. How's the team feeling? Yes. How's the community feeling? How and do you check in? I have a self-inquiry process. So I'm I'm really big on journaling and I journal really regularly and I have multiple conversations with myself daily. Yeah. <laughs> this is the, the upside to being somewhat crazy is that I've learned to <laughs> leverage my crazy. So yeah, there's a few conversations that go on with a few different people sometimes. But yeah, there's a self-inquiry that is a non-negotiable and there's... A kind of team check-in which is you know we get together as volunteers and staff every two weeks in an evening and there's a time dedicated in that to really check in and see where people are at I also have one-on-ones with the team make sure that that's really alive there and then we now have a process at our well-being workshops where we've developed an interactive art installation thanks to Kavita Singh she's incredible where young people get to kind of share where they're at And that keeps us kind of on that pulse of where we are, where the community is and where I am. And just being able to make adjustments with those insights and information and slow down Mm -hmm. if we can or speed up if we can. Yeah, very cool. Now, Mm. okay, look, I want to change course slightly now, Gemma. I noticed a couple of months ago you've had an AGM, an Mm -hmm. annual group meeting. Can you tell us your knowledge about AGMs? What are the Mm -hmm. benefits um, what are perhaps some of the challenges? What's your experience with AGMs for those organisations who do or don't have them? Yeah, absolutely. So we're an incorporated society with charitable status. So legally, we run an AGM every year under that structure, a couple of months after our accounts close off for the financial year. And the AGM is really an amazing opportunity to be able to communicate to the community or your members and your stakeholders about what you've achieved in the last year. So we take it as an amazing opportunity to celebrate our impact and Mm. to be able to have some young people from our community tell their stories. So yeah, it's a legal requirement and we've just tried to position it as an opportunity to just tell our story and grow our message across the community. Yeah, great. What are some of the things that go into the AGM? 
In the AGM, you're going to have to approve the minutes from your previous AGM if you've held one previously. You will have your financial accounts to be motioned by your members. You'll have your chair's report, your CE's report if you have a CE. CE, what's that? Chief executive yep. or a general manager's report, manager's cool. report. And you will share your plans for the next 12 months and give your members an opportunity to have their say and I guess be really accessible to your members, in particular if you're an incorporated society. So, yeah. Great. That's cool. Look, tell us about your... We'll stay on seed for now. Mm-hmm. I note that you have been involved with the Good Collective in the first, in the early years at least. Mm. What's your involvement been like there from a charity perspective? Have you engaged their services at all? Or yeah, actually, I remember before I went on maternity leave, I had a conversation with an amazing systems person that came as a referral through inquiring about the service and. Just the timing didn't work out, it just whatever it was, but it was so amazing to be able to access the systems person through the Good Collective. But yeah, I've been along to a few different workshops as well. I think it was the one with Lisa King yes. from Eat My Lunch. Yeah. So that was really cool to hear her story. But yeah, it's it's a cool concept. I think it's a great way to get access to yeah. really technical people as I said before I'm a generalist so yeah. you know I'm looking for those people that have those expert skills and the good collective can facilitate that so. absolutely and we're really lucky here in the Waikato and in Hamilton and that we've got so many amazing resources and experts at our fingertips mm. and for those who are perhaps a little more isolated in, in parts of the New Zealand that yeah, don't just have that network of charities or you don't have that network of business and service providers. I think the Good Collective concept throughout New Zealand is a fantastic resource mm. for that. So if you are a, a business wishing to support charities um, and you can do that and from from location independent, absolutely sign yourself up to do so. And um, it doesn't necessarily mean you'll have to be doing it for free. Sometimes they do ask for a discount, but not always if you don't think you can afford to. But if you want to connect with charities and try and support and help charities, by all means do so. And shoe on the other foot, if you're a, a charity and wanting to have a little bit more support or be connected to, say, a systems person or mm. an accountant or a health and safety provider and mm. all of that good stuff that generalists hate doing themselves, just get in touch. Um, there are other organisations that do similar stuff but they tend to be location independent so if you're working throughout New Zealand fantastic resource okay on the systems thing then that's really sparked a passion of mine because (laughs) we had a conversation about this that I think Gemma going on maternity leave Mm. I'm opening somewhat of a wound here Gemma going on maternity leave left seed and it's only natural this isn't this isn't an indictment on seed at all it left a natural hole which C didn't yet have the systems in place to cover am mm. I correct in saying that? Yeah I would say there would would have been, it got to a stage where there was a bit of founderitis Yes, I don't know if you know much about founderitis oh, I think we might have a tad no, we're going to find out soon if Waterboy and Tukubaitu would do because I've got a baby coming on whilst I'm not the mother it's going to be uh, I've got a few time commitments Yeah. Yep. so we'll see how we go but yeah the, the just not recognising that Things need to 
be in a process or a system and that people need to be empowered around that yep. and they need clarity and confidence to be able to execute on it but also some creative freedom to make it their own in a way yep. and put their splash on it but yeah I definitely think that um, there was a lot of things that I didn't realize I just did or picked up and being largely volunteer run and even me at that time I was only getting paid 10 to 20 hours a week it was just I had taken on too much I think at that point given our age and stage knowing that somebody coming in would only probably be able to do half of that really yep. and and the speed in which I'd been able to go was just full on so yeah I think that was a really amazing learning just around how we actually start to build better systems and processes and since coming back from leave have like fallen in love with Microsoft Office which you can actually get for free if you sign up through TechSoup. Mm -hmm. There's um, another fantastic hack for anyone running a charity, TechSoup. You get great discounts on a lot of stuff. Heaps of stuff, like even Zoom. They had something the other day for Zoom for an annual subscription but anyways. Yeah, so utilising Planner as a system for running anything like our workshops they're pretty consistently ha happening month to month so we now just have a checklist in Planner which is mapped out against a timeline so that you hit those major milestones and you'll be humming. So yeah. it's just things like that, you know. I was focused more on things that I enjoyed doing, like anything creative or anything relationship orientated. Yeah. Um, not realizing that actually the systems are the backbone. Hard out. Mm. Yeah. You can't say you couldn't say that any better because as soon as Jim needs to take a holiday or has a baby or <laughs> <laughs> or something like that but also if you're in a for-profit business it makes it saleable if you're in a charity you can actually scale that to another location as well you can grow your impact where it's needed and you're not hamstrung by founderitis where the founder mm. needs to be that we've harped on about this in another couple of episodes with kids in need why cuts all as well but I'm just so passionate about it and mm. I'm really really passionate about trying to have people build systems as they go as opposed to you you do have to in it yeah a founder's true. a founder's role is to work out that there's a need work out a problem for fixing the need and then create a system where other people can fill that role fulfilling the need and then mm -hmm. but so many people find the problem and then find the solution but don't then put the system in place for other people to do it they just keep on doing it themselves and then they get trapped in this mm. vicious circle so when when mm. the founder then gets off that wheel the wheel stops mm. so and yeah. for us i think too like seed seed has never really been about and this is maybe where the tension had been seed was never really about me and my idea or me and my problem it was always about the community's aspiration and then what the community believed was their solution to the aspiration and Great. the challenge you yep. know and so sometimes because we haven't from the start gone okay how do we build something that can scale we've said how do we be responsive to a community aspiration, Correct. which instead looks at, for us as an organization, how we get to embed community-led development principles within the org. That's because it, yep. building a system, and this is like the only, I, I had reflected on this because I was like, oh, well, why don't we build the planner system for the workshop sooner? It's like, well, 
we've never run the same workshop twice. Mm -hmm. But if we think about it, are there some ingredients that are kind of similar event to event? But yeah, when you take that as the focus, it means that there's a lot more uncertainty. But I think what I've learned is that what the theme is that runs across everything is the community-led development principles, which has a lot of ambiguity. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're basically saying, hey, the answer to this solution, you know, the, the answer to this challenge or this aspiration actually lies within the community, not within this organization. And so this organization will be of service to finding and elevating those, those solutions. Yes. And so, yeah, I'm about to start a micro-credential in community-led development to really solidify my understanding around it and learn how to embed that into mm. the organization, which I'll be curious if you can systemize. Mm. You certainly could probably do a policy around it, but maybe you it's can, more about the values or... You can you can systemize certain elements. So when someone at the moment first starts on with SEED, they, they sign up to be a volunteer. Right. What's their process that yes. they go through? Do you, do you have to sit down with a coffee and have internal, a coffee with hey, them yeah. and say every time? So that means if there's 20 people wanting to start on and they don't know each other and they're starting on individually week mm. upon week upon week do you have to have 20 coffees to onboard each of those people and then when each of those Absolutely people leave not. you have to have another 20 <laughs> 20 coffees and that's 20 hours that you don't have what what if you just had one video mm. and then they had to answer a questionnaire after the video that is a system or process that i'm talking about now that's on uh, a really basic internal. level nice yeah yeah yeah, yeah. nice nice yeah, yeah, nice yeah, yeah. But yeah. it just stops Gemma having to repeat herself. And that's just on the introduction level. Then we get to well, how do we create a email signature. Then we get to what's our health and safety policies and our child protection policies that, mm. that you guys are dealing with youth uh, as a part of your core why mm. you definitely need a child protection policy and mm. what's our system around that like how mm. do we get to know that so that's that's just what mm. i implore um it, all organizations now, now <laughs> See, my, my mind always goes to extra it's like creating something you know like yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I love that about you guys you're like okay right there's some fundamental repeating patterns Absolutely. internally. Let's, let's look at those. There you go. Which set us up to be able to be freed up a bit more to get back out into the That's community. That's a system and process. There you go. I got there. Yeah. It's Friday. And we've talked about this once or twice over coffee. But <laughs> oh, then, yes. You're then, the go-to. <laughs> then she went, went away and actually created some operating manuals, which I was really, really Heck yes. um, proud of you for. So Thanks Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, and then what else? Do we, oh, and I've just finished reading a book, Systemology, about that too. So yes. pick up Systemology. It's on my Audible to read list. Yep. And then we've got After a Systems read... Lead at Setama I Trust now as well, which is awesome. Ooh, that's cool. Yep. And he's just focused on making sure our systems get out of our heads and into Oosh. into our system software, cloud-based software. Oosh, that's sick. So then if something's not going right, then it's either the system's system fault issue or, or someone not following the system properly yeah and if it's someone not following the system properly then you go to your disciplinary system mm. and then if if it's the system's fault then you need to troubleshoot the system correct mm. Mm. there you go liberating structure brings freedom <laughs> it does <laughs> and some people say well then you take the personality out of it but actually then you bring the personality into it more because you get more mastery in your role mm. and each individual feels empowered that they that firstly they stay in their role more because mm. they 
they're like oh this is a great organization where like i actually know what i'm up to and i feel as though i've got the resources the knowledge mm. to make go and make an impact and whereas if you always have an mm. ask the founder hey where do you you know mm. but this is this is not a problem that's isolated to not not for profits i mm-hmm. think it's probably highlighted more in not for profits because people don't have the same time it's typically yeah. speaking and all things being equal that for profits do to mm-hmm. be able to invest in developing those systems but it's it's very much a a problem in for profits as well where mm. it's just owner dependent mm. and then if you can not employ any young person to start a charity or take over charity as a means of learning about business because there's so many alignments and in your 20s if you go about creating systems and I think I've talked to you about this before if you can create systems for a charity then you actually get really good at creating systems that gives you the power and the opportunity to go in and purchase or take over businesses that their main problem is they don't have systems implemented and if you're an expert at that because you've done it in a charity with a cause mm. that you're passionate about then gee the world's your oyster and you can do <laughs> turnaround flips with businesses that can then get profit and that can then go back go into back your to charity the community. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there so you go good. Yeah. so good can you very, very quickly, in two minutes, tell, tell us about your role with Philanthropy New Zealand? What is Philanthropy New Zealand? What do you do there? And who should get in touch with Philanthropy New Zealand? Yeah, so Philanthropy New Zealand is really a peak body to inspire greater generosity across Aotearoa. So it's a member-based organisation, and a lot of the members are philanthropic trusts or government departments, and essentially... Yeah, act as a organisation to build the capacity of those organisations. There's a lot of education and workshops and best practice that's shared. Um, and so my role is to sit on the board and also as a youth advisor to, I guess, feed in a different perspective around what younger people see in yeah. philanthropy in the future. So. Yeah. I'd love to do another episode on that at some yeah. some other stage. Jim has got to go now, but some um, if we can if we can go through and, and talk about what that means at a, at a date somewhere down the line, that'd be post baby, post baby, yeah, post Thomas's baby, that'd be absolutely amazing. Look, let's wrap it up there for today. But if you have any questions, comments, or feedback about the show, or if you've got any questions for Gemma, be sure to get in touch with us. Gemma, how can they get in touch with you? You can contact me on Instagram at seedwaikotl, or you can drop me an email, gemma.major at seedwaikotl.nz. And if you'd like to be a part, if you are lucky enough to live in the Waikato region and you like to volunteer and be a part of the amazing Seed Waikato movement, I implore you to do so. Mm. I think we've had comment, it might have been Melissa Gibson, uh, when she was referring to what does a good Instagram look like, she said, go and check out Seed Waikato. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. And it is an awesome organisation, and I'd implore you to get in touch with Gemma. If you have any questions for myself, you can contact me, info at thewaterboy.co.nz, subject line New Zealand Charity. If you wish to get in contact with the Good Collective to support your charity, or for businesses, if you wish to be a service provider to charities, email them info at thegoodcollective.org.nz if you're listening to this via podcast platform please be sure to rate review and subscribe to the show and share it with your friends so that we can help more kiwis to better support the organizations they're passionate about thank you again Gemma major she's an absolute weapon for coming in thank you to free fm for their support of this show to my armistead for editing and of course thanks shapeshifter for the tunes
Thank you for listening to the New Zealand Charity Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Nabs, and we'll be back again tomorrow with more tips, tricks, hacks, and learnings to help you accelerate your impact and create an even stronger New Zealand. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.